0: what your prayer life is like. Do you find it difficult to pray? Are you someone who loves to hide away with God and pray? Do you constantly turn to God throughout the day and pray? Would you rather be anywhere else than the prayer meeting mm-hmm. on Tuesday? Or does, does prayer feel like blooming hard work or do you love it? I would love to spend more time talking to God. And as I've got older, I've realised how much I need and want God to be part of everything that I do. And I know that trying to do anything without God is pretty pointless. And yet, I regularly forget that fact. But I have been on a bit of a journey with prayer over the last 25 years. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about that because when I was 18, I I left home and I went to live in sunny Bognor Regis. I had grown up in a Christian family. My mum and dad had given their lives to following Jesus when, when, well, just before I was born. And so I had grown up going to church every single week. But it wasn't really until I left home that I really began to understand for the first time in my life what prayer is. Up until then, prayer had looked like praying um, before we ate our tea or before I went to bed. Um, At the Wednesday Bible study, sometimes people would share their needs and, and people would pray for them. And I noticed that people would put on like a special prayer voice that was kind of different to their normal voice, and they'd use fancy words that seemed to be especially saved for Jesus. And of course, I knew about emergency prayers. You know those prayers when you're late for something and you really need the bus to arrive quickly, or you really need to find a, a car parking space, um, or you, you're about to sit an exam and examine, actually you've not done any revision, or you've forgotten to do your homework. I knew about those kinds of prayers, but really that was my entire experience of praying. But then when I left home, I started going to a church where we were encouraged to to meet up with friends during the week and pray together, to talk about our lives and and pray together. And I'd never really done this with my church friends that I'd grown up with. As I began to meet up with friends to to talk and pray, I suddenly found myself feeling convicted about about stuff like drinking too much. But we were able to pray about it together together. And then I lived in a house with girls, a group of girls, and we would pray together all the time. Angela would get out her guitar and we'd sing worship songs together. It was really cheesy, but actually it was amazing and it was beautiful and it was a wonderful. On Thursday nights, we'd pray before we went out clubbing. And actually God did. um, He did amazing things. He did. We saw God do some amazing things. I was learning that there is great power in prayer and that prayer doesn't just have to stay in church on a Sunday or before you eat your tea or even occasionally in emergency situations. Prayer can impact any moment at any given time on any day of the week. But despite my Uh, understanding and my love of Jesus growing, I remember being sat in a church meeting and where one of the leaders was suggesting that we get everyone at church to sign up for an hour or two, um, a prayer slot and pray 24 hours a day for a whole week. Now, I didn't want to squash this leader's idea, but we were a student church and I was a student and, and I knew I couldn't help but bring some reality to the situation. So I blurted out to Pete Gregg, it'll never work. It'll (laughs) never work. Students getting up early in the morning or in the middle of the night to go and pray, not for 10 minutes, but like for a whole hour. It just wasn't realistic. Thankfully, they ignored my comments and I was proved totally wrong. Our student church didn't just pray for a week nonstop; it turned into months and months of praying. And as a result, a prayer movement began all over the country and that's now all over the world where churches and groups of people are praying 24-7. You see, it turns out that prayer is so much more than thanking God for food and hoping God will, will bring a bus to us in the next five minutes. Prayer is creating the space to encounter the living God, the creator of the universe. Prayer is not just encountering God, it's, it's intentionally growing a relationship with him. It's giving time to get to know the one who holds the whole world in his hands. It's spending time with the one who knows us and loves each one of us even more than we know ourselves, way more than we know ourselves. Those hours that I spent with God in the prayer room as a student changed me and my life far more than I saw answers to prayer. It was like the answers to prayer were, were just a byproduct of the most incredible reason for praying. That reason being actually spending time in the very presence of God and seeking Him. It was during those hours that God began showing me His heart for the poor, and it was in those hours in the prayer room where I really began to trust God with my life. When we spend time with Jesus, He changes us. Why am I telling you all this? It's because today we are starting a brand new series um, on prayer. It's called Pray With Jesus. And this morning we're going to look at um, possibly one of the most well-known passages of Scripture in the Bible, the Lord's Prayer. And when we talk about prayer, it's so easy to immediately feel guilty because we don't do it enough or because our prayer life consists of emergency prayers only. And we kind of switch off because we know it's something we should do, but we're just too busy or too tired or work is too demanding to take the time to pray. Or maybe actually we feel disappointed with God in some way, and that stops us from praying. Well, this morning and during this season, we're going to be inviting you and each other not to do something that's going to add another thing for your to-do list, but we're inviting each other to start intentionally spending more time with the person who is going to make you feel most alive. It's an an invitation to encounter the Holy God, not just on a Sunday morning, but on a Monday night and a Wednesday afternoon whether you're up in the night with a crying baby or on the verge of tears at work or home because you're stretched beyond your limits. I'm going to invite each one of us to put down our phones when we're stressed or bored and look up to the one who created the universe and stop and pause and be with him, giving him space to breathe his true life into our dry bones and our weary hearts. It's an invitation to stop and rest and lay our burdens down and quit trying to do everything in our own strength. It's an invitation away from the mundane and into an adventure with God where he could ask us anything and we'll obey because we know him and we trust him, and we know that he's got our best intention at heart. So with this said, um, if you've got a Bible, turn to Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 with me, and I'm going to read And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. and forgive us our debts, as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. I'm also going to read from the Jesus Storybook Bible. Has anyone seen this, this Bible before? It's a really beautiful Bible, and I highly recommend it if you've got little ones, or not, even. So one day, Jesus taught people how to pray, He said, when you pray, don't pray like those extra super holy people. They think if they say a lot of words, God will hear them. But it's not because you're so clever or good or so important that God will listen to you. God listens to you because he loves you. Did you know that God is always listening to you? Did you know that God can hear the quietest whisper deep inside your heart even before you've started to say it? because God knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. Jesus told them, you see, God just can't wait to give you all that you need. So you don't need to use long words or special words. You don't have to use a special voice. You just have to talk. So when you pray, pray in your normal voice, just like when you're talking to someone you you love very much like this. Hello, Daddy. We want to know you and be close to you. Please show us how. Make everything in the world right again and in our hearts too. Do what is best, just like you do in heaven. And please do it down here too. Please give us everything we need today. Forgive us for doing wrong, for hurting you. Forgive us just as we forgive other people when they hurt us rescue us. We need you. We don't want to keep running away and hiding from you. Keep us safe from our enemies. You're strong, God. You can do whatever you want. You're in charge now and forever and for always. We think you're great. Amen. Yes, we do. Now, we don't tend to have a problem these days with religious people standing on street corners, praying in a really loud voice for everyone to hear. If anything, we tend to hang around the other extreme. In fact, we often struggle to pray out loud. We worry that we might say the wrong thing or or we leave it to people who just seem to be more confident than we are. The reason the Pharisees got it wrong was because they were thinking more about themselves and what other people thought of them than about God. And I wonder if actually it's the same reason why we sometimes struggle to pray. Because we're worrying what other people think about us. The Pharisees, though, were making prayer into a public spectacle. They were trying to impress people with their praying. And Jesus says, don't do that with God. Prayer is not about showing off what you know about God to other people. Prayer is not about appearing holy. We don't need to use special words. Prayer is not about getting the words right so that God does what you want him to do. Prayer is about your heart before God. It's about your relationship with God. And so this is why Jesus says pray in secret. Our private prayer lives matter and they tell us something about our relationship with God. But this prayer that we're looking at today teaches us, uh, that Jesus teaches us, is a prayer that, that Jesus wants us to pray together, not just on our own. It says, Our Father. And as much as we are to pray on our own, it's also really good to pray together. If we read a bit further on in Matthew chapter 18, it says, Again, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there am I with them. It's exciting, isn't it, that God is with us right now. Right now. And if we want to be a church where every person who comes along is growing in faith, we have to be a church that prays. If we want to be a church that reaches out and boldly shares our faith and welcomes new people in and loves them well, people who don't know Jesus yet, we have to be a praying church. Our our power does not come from having a nice new building or decent coffee. Our power does not come from ourselves at all. It comes from God Last Sunday, I walked into the prayer room and Vic immediately said to me, Lizzie, I've just been praying for you. And then she shared a Bible verse with me. And it was super encouraging. I, I wonder who in CCM Gorton you are praying with and for. Let's be a people who just delight to be spending time with God and are committed to be praying for each other so that we continue to see God's power at work in Gorton and beyond. So how do we pray? The prayer begins with, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Someone said, to pray hallowed be your name means to ask God to let his name be worshipped, exalted, honoured and adored on earth as it is in heaven. It's to ask God to so move and act in the world that people will worship and treasure him above all else. Do we treasure Jesus above all else? Our prayers should start with worship, our hearts bubbling over with love for God. But the reality is sometimes our hearts don't bubble over with worship. Sometimes our hearts bubble over with anxious thoughts or weariness. But when we pray and we thank God and we look up to God and we thank God for all he is, when we do that, we remind ourselves about the truth about God And it puts everything into perspective. We're reminded that God is truly trustworthy and we can trust him with our lives. Last week, Rosie talked about speaking the truth about God to the lies that we so often believe. Um, And when we worship, we speak truth to those lies. So how can we do that? Sometimes I find it really helpful just to, to put on worship music um, before I start praying and just, just worship. Um, I often pray um, and read the Bible with a, like a, a notebook by my side. And and as I'm reading the Bible, if something really sticks out to me, I'll, I'll, I'll jot it down in my notebook and then I'll pray the very words of God out, you know, out. Pr- like praying the truth, literally praying the truth about God um, out, but our worship prayers can be so simple. it can just be you know one sentence, thank you, God, prayers, thank you God for saving me. Thank you God, that you have forgiven me, Thank you God for a brand new day. If you um, want to to learn how to worship in prayer and you 're a lady. Then coming along to the prayer and pyjama Zoom prayer meeting on a Saturday morning at half seven, little plug, um, is, is a really good idea. Because those women who pray on a Saturday morning have taught me so much about worship. But then it says in the, in the prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven we live in a culture that says, my kingdom come, my will be done. We want what we want and we want it right now. But when we pray, we are turning the culture that is all around us, that seeps under our skin and we turn it upside down. We pray, God, you be in charge. God, you know better than me. So often we think we know what's best for our lives. But when we pray, God, your will be done. We are putting our lives in the best hands possible. There's been so many times in my life when I've asked God for something and it hasn't worked out, but then God had a way better plan. Even in suffering, the Bible says in Romans 8:28, "In all things God works for the good for those who love him. In all things Verse 11 says, give us our daily bread. I love hearing stories about when God is miraculously provided. I think one of the most exciting things about walking in faith or walking with other people walking in faith is watching God provide. God wants us to ask him for the things that we need. Just this week, I was reading in the Old Testament about a king called Asa or No, we'll go with Asa. The other way might sound a bit rude. It seems, though, that in his early years, he had committed his life to following God. But in his last few years, it says that Asa was afflicted with a disease in his feet. And then it says this about Asa. Though his disease was severe, even in his illness, he did not seek help from the Lord, but only from his doctor's. Wow. I was like, wow. How often do we take our illnesses only to the doctors and not to the Lord? The verse was such a reminder to me that God wants us to go to him about everything. He's even interested in our feet. Joe um who 's not here today, but she um, was prayed for a few weeks ago because she 's pregnant and was um, feeling some hip pain, and she shared with um, the 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 Gorton ladies that um, actually God has healed her of that pain like like isn 't it incredible God does heal and and I wonder how much peace. And provision we miss out on because we don't go to God in prayer. Because we don't share our struggles with our friend Jesus. Verse 12 says, Forgive us our sins as we also forgive those who have sinned against us. Saying sorry to God, confessing our sin is so important and it's such a gift to us. Have you ever found yourself feeling incredibly grumpy or anxious or angry about something and the, it feels like the emotion just takes control of you and there's nothing you can do about it? Have you, have you ever felt like that? When Tom started his new job recently, it was a little bit of a gear change in our lives and I would got used to having the car and being able to nip about to Lidl whenever I needed to. Um, and I'd been able to go into work early on my work days because Tom could do the school runs. But this new job changed things a bit. And one morning when I was feeling particularly sorry for myself about this, Gracie, my 10 year old, said to me, Mum, I hate it when you make me feel bad. And it hit me. When I'm feeling sorry for myself, when I'm feeling hard done by in some way, I have a habit of letting the people around me feel bad, as if it's their fault, when actually it really isn't. And that morning, God really kindly used Gracie to show me my sin. I said sorry to God and sorry to Gracie, and sorry to Tom, it took me a bit longer to say sorry to Tom. Um, and and um, and and sorry to those people who get who get it the worst. Isn't it normally the people that you love the most who get it the worst? And um, you know, I hate saying sorry. It's so hard. I hate owning up to my sin and its impact. I hate f- having the feeling of having got it wrong. Um, and and I. Yeah, I hate it. It's so hard. But I am so grateful for the gift of repentance that God has given us. I'm so grateful that we get to say sorry and God forgives us. You know, that emotion that had clung to me so strongly lost all its power when I said sorry. Sorry. And because God forgave me and and, and it wasn 't just about that that like forgiveness it, it was about that the the power that that sin was having over me. forgiveness of God brings us such a freedom, but it also enables us to forgive those who 've sinned against us, and if God can forgive us for our sin, then we must forgive others and finally. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Last week, we read in Ephesians that we live in a spiritual battle. Our enemy, Satan, wants to distract us from making Jesus our king. Satan wants to be king. And he will do anything and everything to try and get Jesus off the throne of our lives. He will be subtle and sneaky. So Jesus says, pray, pray for protection against the enemy's schemes, pray for each other, pray for the armour to protect us so that we don't just survive, but we make huge advancements for the kingdom of God. When we pray like this, we're going to start walking closer with Jesus. Praying is a spiritual battle, so inviting God into that battle and putting things in place to make time for God is a really helpful exercise. Nick told me a story about a friend of hers who during lockdown had, was struggling to pray. And so he just decided to set a timer on his phone and give God 10 minutes where he would sit quietly before God and invite God to come and, to come and speak. And he would think about God. And he would, he would um, yeah, he'd think about God and he'd invite him to meet him in that space. Imagine if each one of us just did that. Imagine if each one of us set a timer on our phones for 10 minutes every day and we sat um, quietly before God, thanking him, asking him to be in charge of our lives, talking to him about all the ways we're struggling, saying sorry for for the stuff we've got wrong and asking for his protection. I wonder how God might begin to transform our hearts. I wonder what hope he would give us. I wonder what dreams would rise in our hearts and what boldness to step out would look like. As our enjoyment of Jesus grows and bubbles over, I wonder what the impact of that would look like at church or on our streets, in Gorton or in the world even. I just want us all to close our eyes and sit with God for a moment and, and ask Him, God, what are you saying to me in all this? How do you want my heart to respond? Think about your relationship with God. Are you seeking God's kingdom first? And then just wait and listen and see what God says and respond to Him.